put it on Vimeo first and I'll send you all a link as soon as I've got it all done. I'll send you a link to it so that you can watch it because you may you may find this to be an interesting reference for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So now, Jim, please go ahead. Well, starting with a gross generalized question, we yeah. all did the finders course. And my sense is we all got great value from it. Good. What is your experience with a group like us after and what would be your biggest advice, warning, or what would you like to say to a group that just finished um, possibly all of us transitioning or going further? So uh, you all know Patty then, is that right? A what? Patty, P-A-T-T-I, she's with Founders Course at 11. No, okay. this is Finders. No, this is Finders Course, not Founders. Oh, Patty Levin is part of Perfectly Okay, which is connected. Yeah, that she was the found. initial. Okay, she, she was she was like the, the, the head of Founders Course or something like that, and um, so it's uh, I've been working with groups that are coming out. Um, of, or I've been working really with mostly I've worked with just single people with just one-on-one, -on -one, but I work with tons and tons of people who come out of programs and, um, and yours, you had a positive experience, which is wonderful. Most do. Um, and do you feel like that you saw your true nature? Do you feel like you experienced true nature? You do, okay. Chris, yes. anybody? I, I have a question in that regard. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Having having read about spiritual journeys for a couple of decades and more yeah. or less taking them moderately serious, um, the the focus and it is in in what I've heard of your work is a driving force seems to be motivated by who or what am I? So when I did the course, I had three, two and a half profound changes that fit their definition of fundamental well-being. Mm -hmm. And they, in the interview, put me at the end of location two. Mm -hmm. I have never felt like who am I or what am I was a major driving force. It wasn't something in the front of my brain as I got to figure this out. It's only there because people like you put it there, but the results are dramatic. I'm just not focused on that. What does that mean? Um, well, uh... When you tell me that I'm not focused on that, who's talking? <laughs> <laughs> well, in my awareness, nothing is driving me to figure out where where I am. And do you have I awareness? Do you have awareness, or does awareness have you? I. <laughs> I think this is, is kind of what I do. So it's annoying. I, 
I feel like I am awareness, but it's never been that big an issue, which is, I'm just curious at a, not a overwhelming level, but why is that? I, I really think I'm awareness. Well, how much that is experiential. Yeah. So, and how much is intellectual? It's hard to find that line, but I think it's experiential. So, well, I, I you know, what I get the other way a lot, which is, you know, this, this is the, the stock, which is, um, so Fred, I understand this intellectually. I really do. It's just not my experience. So can you help me? That's what I hear. And that doesn't fit you. Is that right? I, I think I, having done the course, I now have experiences of being awareness. I see. And what are you when you're not awareness? Asleep. <laughs> so there's not, no consciousness. Pardon? So if you're asleep, if you're in deep dreamless sleep, there's no consciousness. And right. I, I meant um, what you talk about oscillation. It's when I oscillate out. Yeah. If I'm mentally pursuing something, it can take me out. Right. So um, when I talk about oscillation, I'm talking about a sense of oscillation. Because there is no oscillation in truth. There's a, <laughs> I, experience, I have the same experiences, and I had it for a long time. I had it for a couple of years on my own before I began to, 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 quote, break through to what was already here to begin with. And um, so there is a feeling that, uh, that we get cloudy, and then it's a feeling like uh, we get clear, and, um, and we like the clear part. And once we've been clear, we don't care for the cloudy part. Thank you very much. And so... The thing is, is that if you're awareness, have you noticed that there's no gym? Yes. Okay. So the, you recognize that there's no gym, so you can recognize that Jim didn't wake up. You know, I, I'm reluctant to claim an intellectual experience as a experience of one so i'm a little real i i think the answer to your question is yes yeah because the 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 the, the fact is is that if there's not a gym then there's no possible way that a gym could have a spiritual experience waking up or otherwise it's not jim that ever wakes up it's not, it's not fred fred davis never woke up you're not talking to an awakened fred davis it may look like it i may bill myself on YouTube, for the sake of convenience, I'll, I'll, I'll use the words Fred Davis. Um, and a lot of times people think they're looking at one, but you're not. You're looking at a body. You're looking at that. You're, you're looking at the same husk, only this husk uh, is walking and talking, but it still has no, it has no, no power. It has no self-agency. The Everything that comes from here is it comes it comes from awakeness, and the funny thing is, it comes to awakeness. 
or awareness, as you would call it, I'd say awakeness, just because people don't know quite what that means. And I find that preferable to the idea of, oh, awakeness, I know what he's talking about, because I don't know what I'm talking about when I say that. I, I, I do on one level, but, um, but I found out that ever since awakening that I really know almost nothing, but I'm here today to share that with you. Can can the true self and false self be simultaneously active in thought? Well, let me ask you. So when I wake up in the morning and I am ecstatic and in bliss mm -hmm. for an hour and a half, and my brain goes, this is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. It seems like both are there. When you tell me about when you tell me that your brain says this is kind of cool. Um, whose brain is it? Well, it's <laughs> it's awareness. Mm. Thinking it's, so it's the brain. It's not your brain. It's not your brain. It's awareness. And it and and what happens is that when awareness is seeing that once there is self-awareness meaning that we've become aware of that there's a, uh, I'm aware that I'm a human being and if I'm on the bus, I may be a little self-aware and a little, little, little concerned about what other people might think of me or something like that. So when, when awareness in the morning believes it's a gem, and it's that that this is wonderful for Jim. The it's still a great experience. It's just not Jim's because Jim can't have any experience. And the way to, to, to check on the true self and the false self would be um, uh, just just out of curiosity. So, how tall are you? Five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. And is that the, the, the real self or the false self? I think it's both. You think? So if a false self theoretically exists, but it doesn't really exist, so it's the real self. It can't, so it doesn't have any height at all, does it? No. So it's, you, there's a real self that, that is 5'11", there's a false self that you have in your mind that is also 5'11". But when we really look at it, we see, oh, so I have an imaginary character and now I'm in public claiming that he's 5'11". <laughs> is anybody following this or is everybody following this? Yeah. yeah, okay, you know what I'm talking about. So if you don't, just stick with us and you'll, and you'll pick up on it. So, we have, the, 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 I used to believe that I was a Fred Davis. I really did. And I was trained to believe that I was Fred Davis. When a baby is born into the world, uh, there is no sense of, um, of me and other. There's no sense of division whatsoever early on. And so that there's not like, um, when you come out, there's no language there. And in the absence of language, all we can experience is this. 
once we're trained in the language, now we don't experience this anymore so much as we experience what we think about this, right? <laughs> and that's what we spend the rest of our lives paying attention to is what I think about this. And what I, and, and, and if I think I'm one of these, what I'm gonna notice is I don't care much for this. <laughs> and what it amounts to is that the, it's the first thought that we fall prey to. And when we fall prey to the first thoughts, many other thoughts will just fall into line. And the first thought that every human being believes, with rare exception, most human beings around the planet will, will have the same first thought that everybody else does every time. And that first thought over here might be, uh, I think I'm afraid. I don't think I'm afraid. And when I say I'm afraid, then that means a distinct being that has, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a, a me and a not me. But that's not the baby's experience. The baby's experience, really, fresh out of the birth canal, what is that baby's first experience? It's what? I believe, if we look at it, that first experience is awe and wonder. Right, it's just pure awe and wonder. It's not like, well, I'm sizing this up, and it's just awe and wonder. It's not my awe and wonder, because there's no my there, because there's no there's no self identity, no that hasn't been trained yet. So, and it and it doesn't naturally. There's, there's no division, and I've worked with, this is not coming out of my mouth, I've worked with psychiatrists and psychologists all over the world, and so there are not many things that I'm much of an authority on, but we could say that I'm nearly an authority on, on this particular moment. Um, in that moment, there's just awe and wonder, and it's not owned by anybody. It's just response. Because when a baby first comes into our world, it, don't, it don't, doesn't come in here empty. It comes in here empty of thought at first. But it does, but there's this body is a sack of conditioning. And which means that there's a there's a initially there's a sack of DNA, which the baby comes fully wired with. And this DNA that uh, will collect things throughout our lives. And it will refine an identity as it goes. And there won't be a me. And then, but if you, uh, but but I will immediately be uh, be being trained into believing there is one. And I'll be. And the means that that is done by is comparison. And the way that that works, it is like you can just remember it or see it for yourself. It's like. Mommy, baby, uh, baby, daddy, but it won't be baby, it'll be Fred, right? Mommy, Fred, daddy, Fred, Fred's room. And so it's now Fred is not only an existent, a, a, a singularly existent thing, it also is beginning to have, uh, acquire things, it now has a room. And it won't take long for it probably will have a yard and a house and a dog. And these are my shoes. 
and this is my toy. And we take it to school and we, we put these little units in school and they will immediately come home and, and it doesn't take them but an instant before the school that you just took them to becomes my school. This is my school, this is my teacher, this is, these are my friends. And there is a story of me building up all the time. And so then, uh, and that me has, has, been, has been given, uh, it's been given pointers that the me that I feel that I am is named Fred. And so I just naturally think that it's Fred who's going to school and hi, my name is Fred. And that's the way that I spread this rumor of Fredness. If so, <laughs> I go around, I tell everybody, hi, I'm Fred. Hi, call me Fred. Then, Who are you? And then you tell me your story. But that's exactly what it is. It's a story. It's a story and it's, that, that refers to something that isn't. It's a false reference. Uh, a false recent reference, a decent example of that would be, um, so the king of Australia needs a haircut. Is that true? And of course, there's no king in Australia. But the mind will immediately go to figuring out what well, does a king need a haircut or not. But it's a moot point because the reference is false. There's, there's false. There's no king of Australia. So, um, well, yeah, like, excuse me, pardon me, but I guess there really is in the sense of Saint or, or Prince or King Charles. So Australia was not the best pick I could have made. Um, I usually use president, and that would be a good thing to use for Australia. For some reason, I went to King. So the president of Australia doesn't need a haircut or not need a haircut. And if you look back at, at but we have a false reference to it. So it's got our attention at first. Does the president of Australia need a haircut? I don't know, let me see. Let me, let me look at him. Can I see him? Can I see a picture? And then it's like, well, there is no king to Australia. Oh, of course not, of course not, that was foolish. But for the instant that that takes to work out, then there is a false reference. And these imaginary characters, they're not, they don't come and go instantaneously. They come in the, in the sense that they never really come. There is some, there's a, there's a, um, a statement made, which is, and training to go with it, which is, you're Fred. And I'm like, uh, I'm not on board with that for almost two years, maybe even some for some more than two years or some a good bit less. But I didn't arrive believing I was afraid. I didn't arrive believing there's all kinds of DNA in here, but I didn't actually arrive with a set of beliefs. So there is... Um, the beliefs are trained and they're going to start out at least. They're going to be, whose beliefs are they going to be? Are they going to be mine or are they going to be my parents? For most of us, it's the, the parents. Yeah, it really is going to be the parents' opinions. And then about the time we turn 12, we notice that that's just nonsense what my, what my parents say. It's, uh, I think now I think just the opposite of what my parents think. 
even if I don't, I'll just say that in order to be obstinate teenager. And so the baby is not on board with the fact that it is a Fred or that it is separate from everybody else. It's just this. But after lots of training, then at 18 months, two years, something like that, there will begin to arise a sense of that there's, and all of a sudden it'll dawn on us, there's a me here. I didn't know there was a me here. Oh, I see, there is a me here. And now that there's a me here, there's me and other. Because there can't be a me without another. There can't be an other without a me. It is, they, they come in pairs. So the baby doesn't come on board to the story of whatever its name. It just doesn't, and it doesn't have that story. It doesn't agree with that story. It doesn't disagree with it. It just doesn't arise. It doesn't know all that. But it learns, and it will learn just like this one did. I would learn that I was a Fred Davis. And when I was, you know, I was a pretty quick study. I didn't believe that but for 52 years. <laughs> and at 52 years old, at the end of, uh, at, at um, 24 years into non-duality, I discovered, well, how about that? I've been waiting for Fred to wake up, and there isn't one which does not mean an awakening didn't take place. It does mean that it wasn't Fred's. But the ego is very happy. I woke up the first time in 1992. And just to be real brief about it, there was just that it was very clear, very, and, I, and it was authentic. I know that now. I didn't know it for a while there, but it felt authentic, but it was. But... By the time, at that time, I was a Buddhist and I had been a pretty, you know, a, a practicing Buddhist for 10 years. But when I had that experience, I came out talking about God. <laughs> you would have thought I'd have been talking about Buddha or this great Buddhist experience. But the experience for me was, uh, I began to think, the, the scene was that I was somehow, that I was God. And that's the way I thought, or good. And, and But the way that it came out, that was the seeing. I know that now. But the report, the translation from ego is that Fred's God, and that is immediately dismissed as, as nonsense, which it is. Number one, because there's no Fred. So if there's no Fred, it, Fred can't have an experience of awakening. But the ego will claim it. That's what it did here. It does it almost every, I mean, I've woken, been with hundreds of people, maybe a couple of thousand people who have woken up. And uh, uh, I can't remember a single case where it was not, not at that moment perhaps, but where later uh, it, it didn't come, the, the, the story didn't begin to become so uh, seductive that I went from being, seeing that there's not a Fred into being a Fred again in pretty fairly short order. That would be the way that it would feel. That's what I would identify as. But 
since there is no Fred, there's no possibility that a Fred ever had a spiritual experience, much less an awakening. So what does happen in that moment? And I can tell you what happens in that moment. In that moment, awareness is like over here, 1992, awareness experienced a Fred-free moment. And in the absence of what's untrue, the only thing that was left was truth. And when there's no Fred, but there is an awakening, whose awakening is it? Not really an awakening at all. That's what we call it. And I don't have a better word for it. And it seems to fit in some ways, but it's a misnomer because, I mean, you are awakeness. How would you, why would I need to wake you up? You are awakeness itself. But we go, what, what happens is the ego is right there and it hears about this awakening. And the first things it notices is that it doesn't have one of those. And I, you know, I really should have an awakening because, you know, as cool as I think I am now, you should see me after I'm enlightened. You should see what an enlightened Fred can do. This was just the, the, the crazy thinking that we have. And I know now that I was not alone in this kind of thinking. And so what wakes up is a whiteness. Let me put it this way. I believed I was a Fred Davis. What it, when I say I'm, I believe, I'm talking about the animating presence that's in that body that Ellen just saw evaporate and the same thing that I did there was an animate that, that, that my father was in the room meaning there was an animating presence that was connected somehow and not really connected but we'll call it connected to the body and then the body dies and the animating presence vacates it and the moment that the animating presence vacates that body uh then we have a dead body, is what we call it. But in a way, it's already a dead body because anytime you that the, 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 the animating presence flees the body, you're going to experience a death somewhere. And what we'll say is Uncle Bob died. But if there's no Fred, and there's no Jim and no Pamela, there ain't no Uncle Bob either. It doesn't mean that we didn't experience someone deeply. And it doesn't mean that in relativity, we didn't love this person. It doesn't mean that, that our relationships with them weren't meaningful. It, it's not any of that. That's just the mind that wants to, to complicate it with, well, it, it can't be because. Well, it is. So there's no, there's no such thing as it can't be because. There's no, there's no should. Well, it should be that way, but it's not. Oh, well, it should be. Where'd you get that information? I just made it up. Well, <laughs> so, so you believe in what you just made up? Sure, I always make believe what I just made up. Anything you say is pretty suspicious, but anything I think, that's gospel. And so I'm believing that, that whatever's here is believing that it's that it's a Fred, because that's what it was taught. 
And as long as it thinks it's a thread, what you're going to notice is that there's a voice in your head, just like this all the time. And if you if you'll notice it, what you'll see is that this voice in the head is a running argument with the world. It's whatever. It's, it's just pointing out right and left as fast as it can why things are right or wrong. And, and mostly it's wrong. The, the, uh, and, and it doesn't make any sense whether I know anything about that or not. It's a, I mean, listen, the Japanese yen can fall 2% and I hear it on the news and immediately there is this good or bad for Fred, right? That voice wants to know. And there's still a voice present. I don't believe it. I don't pay it any attention anymore. So it's not very loud and it's not very frequent, but I can't tell you that there's that, that type of thing never arises. Anybody can be victim to believing a thought. Most of us victim to believing thought after thought after thought after thought. And we will take those thoughts and we'll put them in some kind of order and what we see in the world is we see change, and we call it time. Let's see, there's no Fred, and in the absence of a Fred, whatever it is here, notices that it, does, it can't experience time. This can experience time. That's why it has a watch. But I cannot experience time in the absence of a Fred. And here's a way to test this for yourself, too. Just another way to look at it. In the absence of a Fred, I can't find anything wrong here. I can't find anything wrong anywhere else, either. I find things as they are. That's what I find. I find this as it is, as we've been told for centuries as it is. And I don't want to see this. And so in universally, we don't want to see this. So we've made up, we've take, taken this as, because what the ego can see is that at the end of the non-dual trail, it's going to find itself in the unemployment line. And it doesn't want anything to do with unemployment. And what I found out is that that was just a dream of ego that it was going to find itself in the unemployment line. <laughs> there was a seed through of ego. There's ego here now. That's anybody who's telling you that there's not. I'd be careful as to whether I believe that or not. I don't know. I've met, I know a lot of spiritual teachers and I've never met one without a big ego. Because you know why? If there wasn't ego, this teaching would have stopped in my living room. But instead, when this teaching began back in 2006, um, I didn't, I mean, at first there was an egoic pleasure because there was, there was this sense that I'm a Fred that just woke up. That's the story, because that's what ego will do. It will take an awakening that did not happen to anyone. That, that awakening is what? It's really awakeness. Fred Davis wanted so badly to wake up to the truth of awakeness. But what happened was that the truth of awakeness woke up to the fiction of Fred Davis. 
When you take away what's, what's false, the only thing that's left is what's true. And what's true is this. And what you know, notice is that in the absence of a Fred, I can't find a this and a that. I can't find a me and a this. I can't find anything more than a baby can. I find this. And, but, but, but the human being, once this reaches a thought perspective, it will be, well, that's just not enough. For who? For who? For awakeness or for the imaginary character? Because the imaginary character has no height. It's not 5'11", and it doesn't weigh any given amount, and it doesn't take up any specific volume because it's imaginary, and that's what we can't get. So we label it now the false self because, oh, I can see now there's a false self. Really? Where does he sit? Right? Where does he sleep? How tall is he? How much does he weigh? If you eat a sandwich, is there a little more Fred over there than there was? And we have to come to see that there is no false self and real self, our true self. There's only truth. There's only true nature. But our problem is, is that we've been searching for oneness and we've confused the word oneness with the word sameness. Because how can this be oneness? I can, I can see that this, you know, certainly this is oneness. I can see so much. If, that, if, if oneness was sameness, that would be true, but it's not. Oneness can show up in any kind of form. And it, show, it can show up in every kind of form. And it does. And what you are, with a, on a relative level, you are oneness. And on um, a absolute level, you're actually what's behind or underneath oneness, which is nonness. That's just what I call it. So right now, what's happening is you are nonness having a oneness experience. But what you, but what you think is happening is that I'm afraid and I'm having, and when I talk about the dream, and this is, I thought this for years, so I'm not making light of anybody. Please don't think that I would do that. I just wouldn't, and, I, and I'm not. This is, I'm telling you about things that I believed for decades. And so I believe that there was a Fred. I was a root believe that there was a Fred who was confused. I thought there was a Fred who was progressing. The, and, and it feels like you're progressing through spirituality until you wake up. And you're not as, oh, there's just me. So spirituality is a relative term that we tell ourselves that so that we can decorate the idea that I am something separate, but I'm doing good. I'm really at the head of the class in the spirituality thing. And I am, I'm, I'm just making so much progress, but I have talked to people, really, I mean, I've talked to thousands of people over the last 12 years. And I taught around here before I taught on the internet. And what was I talking about? It just, it just slipped. 
This, this happens. Go, go, is it why, why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't you address what Jess? Jess has a question. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Jess, go ahead, Jess. Um, I was reading about um, some of your work before we met today, mm -hmm. and it sounds like the bulk of your work is working with people that have woken up, but to help them stay there. Or yeah. That is what that's one of my, that's that's what the teaching is really all about. So, what are some of the things that you recommend that we do? Well, who, you got to understand the first thing. First. We. <laughs> that's me and we. We. What do you recommend we do? So, um, I, I I can't I I understand what you're saying. I just don't want to feed your delusion in the sense that there's really we here. Okay. So there's only one thing going on and every one of us can say that. So what I can tell you is that the idea that I help people in post-awakening, but what I mostly do is what I've been doing here so far, which is actually point out the truth over and over and over different ways. Because what happens is, I mean, I have to teach people in post-awakening because typically people wake up with me the first time that they see me. So if I didn't have a post-awakening teaching, I wouldn't have much of anything but awakening sessions. And awakening sessions, was, you know, that's what I started out doing. I still do them. I did one yesterday. But that doesn't take up at about probably 15, 20% of my time. The rest I've just spent working with people in post-awakening. And what do people in post-awakening need to do? They need to clear. Not that there's really people in post-awakening, but you know what I'm saying. It feels like we are. looks like we are. So, and what am I, if, I'm, if I have actually had an awakening experience, but I have somehow, ego has translated that into the idea that Fred had an experience, then I'm right back in the dream. And what I have to do is something is to help you go through some exercise or to have some kind of conversation where um, I can help pull you back out of the dream and into the truth of your, of your true nature, which is that there's one thing going on. So what do you need to do? You need to be alert at all times. So can we really pull that off? Well, I don't think so. But we want to be alert as much as we can. And what do we want to be alert to? We want to be alert to the lie, which is that I'm afraid. Yes, Jim. So I've actually had this thought for quite a while here. And it keeps coming back to so. What does this entity do given the current situation I find myself in? Do I pay close attention to the incorrect way I'm expressing things? Is that a useful way? Well, it is in the sense of just learning to recognize it. And here's an easy way to recognize it. It shouldn't be raining. Well, let me check. Is it raining? Yes. Well, then, then that's insanity to think it shouldn't be. 
that's what happened when it's raining on me and it shouldn't be raining on me. But from the, from the open perspective, there, there's rain, rain is happening. There's no, it should be, it shouldn't be. It's uh, because that's all relative because I don't think it should be raining because I'm trying to have a picnic. But the farmer across the street has been praying for this very thing for weeks. Now he's got it, he's dancing in the street and I'm all bummed out because my picnic is, is a no-go. All of that, they're relative, that's the voice in the head. There's a me here and I'm not happy with this. I'm not satisfied. And the best thing, easiest way to note, to, to get clear on that is to work on the idea of trying to recognize that these units, that's why I call them units, is that there's, there's all this going on, but there's no one home. There's no one in the center of this, just like a hurricane. There's lots of patterns. There's wind, there's rain, there's um, thunder, there's lightning, all of this. But you fly a plane through hurricane, just when you get toward the center, just when you know that's gonna be the really roughest part of the hurricane, what you find is an absence of weather. And that's the same thing here, is that you'll find patterns, and we call those patterns Fred, but, we, but I don't, I call them Fred Ness. Now I'll use both terms because I don't wanna go through my whole life using Fredness. It's not convenient. So I will say Fred, but I never believe that ever, never, ever. Part of clearing, is learning to use ordinary language without believing it. We just, because, you know, for instance, when I was first clearing, Betsy and I would go to dinner and we'd be sitting there at the table and then maybe I'd say something like, God, did you, did you see what happened in Washington today? I mean, it's just terrible. That just shouldn't be happening. And when, and I, I just had the benefit of this, I'm not saying everybody gets this because they don't, but for some reason, the way that this thing worked was that there was a little voice that would come up immediately. I mean, immediately afterwards. And it would say, uh, are you just having dinner with Betsy or do you really believe that? Or is that is, and, I, and I'd go, no, it's just table talk with Betsy. Okay. And it would just, and it would disappear. But if, if, if I had really believed that what happened in Washington shouldn't happen, then that's suffering because there's a gap between what's happening and what I think should be happening. And that is the gap of suffering. And when there's, and the gap of suffering will arise to a being, because you know that the, the, the point here is not to wake up. Not, that's not the point of this teaching. The point of this teaching really is to help eliminate suffering. And you can't eliminate it, but it's a nice term. And so I just like to say the truth is, is that I like to help minimize it. I like to make suffering be the least part of your experience. Just not, not, the, not the main thing. And as it is, we believe thoughts. and when we do, we suffer. Just that simple. First thought, I'm afraid every time. Now that thought just doesn't come over here pretty much ever, except for could be some special circumstance or something and there's identification. 
like, um, I don't know, the one I used to use when I was teaching for, and I lived in my other house, was the one I used to use, let's say, was, you know, there's no identification here, but if I go out to the mailbox and I open it and there's a, a, there's a letter in there from the IRS that says I owe $10,000, then you're going to see some conditioning. We would all laugh. And uh, uh, about I don't know, six or seven years <laughs> into this thing, I went out to my mailbox at that other house. I opened it up and I and I and I opened a letter and it was from the IRS and it said, you owe us thousands of dollars. And there was no response at all. I was just, oh, well, they're mistaken. I need to go in and call them and tell them to look around because there's there's no, that's not true. There was no, who are these idiots? Why are they doing this to me? It's wrong. It shouldn't happen. This is what this is what would I mean. There was don't understand. I mean, please understand. This was a very unskillful unit prior to awakening. The fact that it woke up at all is a miracle, right? I mean, it didn't, but the fact that awakening happened through this unit was a miracle. I mean, you couldn't hardly get a more unskillful character. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, when I you look at the standpoint that I was a drunk for twenty years or twenty five years, and if you're a drunk, you're suffering. Because you're one thing, you're living a secret life, which is you're an alcoholic. You don't want anybody to know it. So if anybody brings it up, it's like, uh, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not true. This and that. But, you know, but even if they bring it up, you know, you've already lost because you're doing something that's making somebody believe you might be alcoholic. Or, and you know what happens to alcoholics? They have to quit drinking. And who wants to do that? You know, alcoholics can't drink successfully. But they have a brain that tells them they can. And that's what they believe is the brain that says, oh, you know, oh, that was yesterday. I cut a video yesterday or the day before called uh, Non-Dual uh, Discovery, Water is Wet. Mm -hmm. You saw that. Yeah. So yeah. that's. And so, so my job is actually, is I go around the world, I, only smart people talk to me. And people that are not smart are not drawn to this teaching at all. They'll go find some kind of bhakti thing or whatever. They can immerse themselves in and God bless. No reason that it doesn't make me superior. It just makes, it makes the, the draws different. But what works for the conditioning different. But I have to take very smart people and prove to them over and over again that they are oneness. That they, that you and you and you, there's no you and you and you. There's just oneness. And it's showing up with different clothing, in different uniforms, in different with 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 different experiences, because there's no, there is no common actual life experience there are things that are close enough that we agree but these these things are are they're like uh, snowflakes they're like snowflakes in the fact that every sack of conditioning will look at things differently go ahead chris we'll run long i don't care i'm enjoying myself if y'all are sure um one of the questions that has been running through my head um, 
And the reason I'm asking this is because of some of the experience, recent experiences I'm having. I'm having, um, and and well, I'll just go right to my question. Mm-hmm. And that is, you talked about uh, your conditioning, mm-hmm. and we all have all, all these bodies. These body minds have conditioning. They are conditioning. Exactly. Exactly. As awareness. Do you find yourself bumping up against your conditioning once you've awakened? Oh, of is- course. Of course. Well, the fantasy is that we're going to wake up one time. It's going to be a big deal and it's just going to be incredible. And we'll never, never, ever have to re- revisit any of that again. And I have woken up or I've been with a couple of thousand people that I have facilitated uh, the awakening experience. And I've never, to my memory, I have never had one that woke up and I am awake and I know it and I'm never going to forget it. And the people who have spontaneous awakenings, these are not, these are not spiritual people. And I talk to them all the time, on a regular basis, not every day, not every week, but on a regular basis. There people will call me who have already had an awakening. They may actually be functioning and they may actually be uh, an awakened being at the moment that they contact that's that's a little unusual but there what we usually happen is that we see that there's no fred this is fantastic and that's the that's the iron ball that explodes when we wake up when awakening occurs, we don't wake up, but when awakening occurs, that iron ball that's held here, that just explodes. And it's a little tiny, like a grenade, and there are all these little shards and everything that go out there. Unfortunately, what happens right after the grenade explodes is that up from the chef rises a great big magnet, like an electromagnet. <laughs> and the first thing it does is start to suck all those little pieces back in. And they start to reap, they start to fit again. And I say, hey, I really had quite the experience, didn't you? <laughs> you see that? So mm-hmm. it's just the conditioning is being, is, is just re, re, is just being pulled together again. The difference is, is that if you have ever had an awakening, you cannot entirely unsee it. But I will promise you this, you will think that you have it's like fred i was so clear for so long and i just want to come in and break into the end of the story of their dialogue which is going to be and then so a whiteness was walking down the street and somebody called it a name and it couldn't stand just not true right an ego was walking down the street and another ego took a shot at it and egos like nothing more than to take offense so it's the, he took a shot at me. You know, that's, that's not right. He shouldn't have done that. I mean, immediately there's insanity. But we do this without recognizing it at first. And we've done it for a long time because the chances are you've actually had an awakening experience any number of times. But the, what happens is we experience this sense of, there's just silence or just peace. It's just, oh, what a moment. This is great. And it's and and then immediately after that, there will be 
um, an experience of um, you know, I don't think I'm as clear as I was a minute ago. Who's talking? Fred. Is there a Fred? No. So who's talking? Awakeness is talking, and it's back to the natural patterns that are there, which is that I'm a Fred and you're a and you're a Chris, right? And um, so we're and, and the two of us, we're friends. We're doing this and that and the other. Well, the two of us are very good friends. We are the, we are the, the very same thing. And when I say that, understand that what I mean is that what's looking through these eyes right now is exactly the same thing that's looking through all those eyes right now. See, this is the math of one. We could call it the math of oneness. This is what people do not understand. And when I say they don't understand it, I don't mean just common folks don't understand it. I have taught the math of one to physicists, to math professors, to philosophy professors. Um, I have taught it to uh, academics galore and to, um, oh, but people in the church. I just can't think of the name for that general term, but any rate, but, but clergy, clergy. Thank you. Yeah. Right. So, um, I had a, I had a spinal surgery about three months ago and it left me with some fog from the amnesia and it's clearing out, but it ain't gone yet. and may never go. Who knows? It doesn't matter. The teaching is un completely unaffected other than the fact that there's a, what was I saying? <laughs> But I actually had some of that prior to the surgery. So I'm not sure I can really bring <laughs> blame amnesia for all of it. What I've forgotten where we were now because I got off on, on explaining that. And what were we talking about? It was the answer to my question about dealing with your conditioning. Once you've uh, come to the point of awakening, does it still exist? And I was simply asking um, because, yes, I'm bumping into conditions and yeah. I'm going, but I see myself, so to speak, see myself. I know. Yeah, I understand. That's language. I'm experiencing this going, oh, watch. It's like I'm watching yeah. Chris or myself or whatever you want to call it, experiencing something. And it's like I'm a separate person watching it. And I'm like, this is bizarre. Yeah. Um, not a person, one who's watching is not a separate person. Right. It, it's just unusual. Not something I was experiencing two years ago or yeah. 10 years ago or whatever. And yeah, so that's why yeah. I was asking. So, and so the, the, the answer is that's just, there's nobody that's conditioning, but just like thoughts, they're unowned. I don't know if I've ever, you know, I talk so much to so many people, I never know what I've really said or haven't because I don't really say it, but there, I've had several um, experts on the, what are you, uh, what are they called? Um, neuroscientists. So I've had several neuroscientists as clients. And uh, the first one I ever had really blew my mind because I, her name was Hetty. She's uh, her husband. I've talked to him recently. He's a, he does a but um, I asked her, I said, hey, do you really control your own thinking? 
And I've asked that of a lot of people. And that's the first one I ever asked a dog that bust out laughing. <laughs> and she said, no, Fred, there is no place in the brain to which we can point and say, this is where uh, consciousness, this is where um, consciousness comes from. And, uh, and I said, Hetty, I think I'm going to use this probably for the rest of my life. So would you repeat that? I'd like to make sure I've got it right. She repeated it and I've got it right. And then verbatim, that was it verbatim. So there's a false, if, there is a sense of, there's a sense of, 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 of a Fred here, over here. I mean, it's not believe, but there's a sense of, that there's something over here that's, you know, and that there's, there's something central, but there's no center to anything. If you look at the, if you just look at the concept of oneness, and when you look at that idea, tell me, where does it end? Where's the outside to that? Well, it's oneness. There is no outside. Which, guess what? There's also no inside. Inside only, only works when it's relative to outside. Outside only works when it's relative to inside. In fact, with oneness, nothing is relative. It's just, it's oneness. And, but there can still be a sense of fredness or a sense of Ellenness or Pamness or Gemness. There can be a sense that there's something over here. But I'll tell you a quick little story. Well, can't go on much longer, but I'll tell you a quick little story that will point out the difference between the sense of something, which is what you have. There was a sense of Fred over here, and I believe that that sense of Fred was a Fred. But imagine right now that a friend of mine comes to my front door, and uh, and he knocks on the door, and he sticks his head in, and he says, hey, Fred, come on outside. I want to show you the big dog in your front yard. I love dogs. I've got two, and I want to see his. So I ask it to be excused and you let me and I get up and I go stick my head out the door, same way he stuck his head in. And when I look out, the first thing I can see, of course, is my yard. I see the grass and the bushes and the trees and the flowers and all of that, rocks and the stones, be better put it. And, uh, and, but I don't see a dog. So I want to see his dog. So I go out on the porch. And from my front porch, you can see my entire front yard. It's not that difficult. It's not that big. It's full of growing stuff, but it's still not that big. And I look out there from the porch, which is a much better vantage point, And I can still see you know, trees and flowers and grass and, uh, and um, shrubbery and all that. But I, but I don't see a big dog. And I look very carefully. I don't even see a little dog, right? I don't see any dog at all. So before I have to go, I'm now very concerned about my friend's mental health. But before I really approach him with this, I want to make sure I'm right about what I'm thinking. So I actually walk down into the yard and I walk up and down the yard and I walk back and forth across the yard and there's simply no dog there. And I have to confront my friend with this. So I go up and I say, hey man, I don't know if you're crazy or confused or what, but there's no dog in my front yard. And he starts laughing and says, no, 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 Fred. It's a sense of dog. Now, let me ask you this. 
if there's a sense of dog in my front yard, is there anything that we have to take care of or feed? No, because the sense of something is not the same thing as the truth of something. It can be, you know, I mean, I can, I can have a sense of it rain, of rain and look out and it's raining and that's a true sense. But this morning I had a sense it was going to rain as dry as a bone. So the sense of something's not the same thing as the truth. And what we believe is that there's somebody here in the middle. There's somebody in the body. He's, he's contained by the body. He's wearing the body. All of this. None of it's true. There's no center. What, where would the center to oneness be? A center is only relevant to an edge. And there's no edge. There's no center. There's just this and a sense of center, a sense of many centers. And there's 8 billion people on this planet that all think they're the center of experience. They're the center of the universe. And you can see when you got 8 billion people believing that, yeah, you can run amok on a planet. Because everybody really, it's just very simple. I'm just trying to get mine but I've been trying to get mine for some time and I'm just looking at yours and I'm thinking, you know, that really belongs, your stuff really belongs in my pile. So that's it for today. I don't know if, it, if this, this probably was not what you were, it, it had in your mind. I don't think it could be, but we've had, uh, but there's been a lot of truth expressed. Thank you very much for your, thank you very much for your, Thank, Thank you, you, Fred. Chris, Chris, Chris set up a note saying she had a call she had to take for business. So okay, okay. I know she's yeah. sorry she couldn't stay with yeah, us. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. That was Jess, not Chris. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I got the names crossed and they just stayed. Yeah, that's off. okay. It's just a sense of Chris and a that's sense right. of Chris. It was only so a sense to begin with. It's that's just right. labels. I knew who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it was. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Fred. Exactly what we were supposed to do so perfect. it really was so no reason to think we should have done anything else thank you so much exactly. thank you for your time